Hello, and welcome to The Daily Obsession. Uh, I'm Jim the Fish, and once again, I am joined by Millennial Loft. Hello, everybody. And today we're going to be talking about acting in theater. Uh, we went to the same high school, so we were in a drama club for four to five years, though it wasn't an official drama club. Plenty of drama behind that. And, uh, <laughs> that was horrible. Puns. <laughs> Anyways, so... Um, the first play was Twelve Angry Jurors, and I did that one in eighth grade. So that was the year before Millennial Loft joined. Uh, ninth grade, we did Arsenic and Old Lace, which is a play. We'll go into the plot depth later. And then we did uh, Little Woman, which was a play. Uh, what was the last one we did? Uh, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. So, uh, 12 Angry Jurors, which is meant to sound not sexist, we removed men and added jurors. It's the updated version. Mm. Uh, that's the story of a teen who is on trial for supposedly murdering somebody. I don't remember much of the plot details. This um, it's about the jurors yeah, trying it, to come to a verdict. And essentially they rehash out <laughs> the court case. Yeah. The, it's just the 12 jurors sitting in a room for three acts. There's no change of scenery. There's no other characters bes- bef- besides a security guard. And every single act is just really long explanations. There's almost no action except for people getting up and down to a water cooler. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the one time that clock fell. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. During one of our live performances, I think it was the Friday night one, um, one of our main actors was standing beneath a doorway and a clock fell and hit her on the head. And we just, we had no clue what to do. So we just had to keep acting as if nothing happened while two people were like, are you okay in the back? And she wasn't hurt or anything. She was just so surprised because you don't expect that sort of thing to happen but really yeah. shoddy uh, stage building I think we had the same walls for the first three years mm. yeah it was it was rough it was a fun play though it was the first time I had ever acted in anything and I had a moderately large part actually I had I was the foreman of the jurors the dude who's in charge mm-hmm. and almost every other actor was a senior or junior and here's this eighth grader ordering them around it was I would tell you, it was the time of my life. Mm. But, oh, uh, Hoswell was also in that, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Oh, I man. forget what I, part he He was played. juror number two. He was supposed to, um, he, was, he has a part where he corrects somebody on the information that was shared in the case, and he has to slam his wrist on the table, his fist on the table, and just say, it was 15, because they're talking about time, and it's like, it was 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But he was wearing this huge metal watch. Oh, I remember. And then he was like, it was 15! And then he hit the table. And he just was like, dies holding inside. his He was wrist. holding his wrist. writhing in oh, pain man. inside. Thankfully, he, he didn't have a line for another couple minutes. But he's just sort of like slowly <laughs> rocking back and forth in his chair. Because he basically like broke his wrist mm. by slamming this giant metal thing into his bone. Probably oh, the funniest thing that happened in that play. 
Oh yeah. It was it was a tough one, but it was it was fun. It was definitely an enjoyable play, if very simple, and it was a good way to introduce me to uh, how to how to memorize and recite lines because there wasn't much action to remember. It was just you had to remember. Here's how you say lines. Here's how you say it to different people because it's a it's a play that's constructed to be easy for starters because it's mm-hmm. just twelve people sitting around a table. So you get to teach them stage direction by who's sitting where. You get to teach them how to talk to different people at different angles because the table's on an angle across the stage. It's a very cleverly constructed play for beginners to learn. So if you are a drama teacher and you're looking for something to introduce new students to, 12 Angry Jurors, 12 Angry Men, whatever you want to call it, definitely worth looking into. Now, the next one was Arsenic and Old Lace, and that one, oh, man. personal favorite. Yeah. I actually came in halfway through development as an understudy to someone. And Who were you the understudy for? I was the understudy for my sister. Oh, that's right, because she was just a police officer, She right? was a police officer, but she was the understudy for one of the main women. Now, the plot of the play is essentially these two old ladies who are absolutely insane, who think killing old, lonely men is doing a kindness to them. That's right. And I play their um, estranged son who is back from a long string of murders and uh, crimes. And I travel with a plastic surgeon, a German plastic surgeon, who's very stereotypical. And so I look like Frankenstein on set. I have lots of prosthetics on my face, lots of makeup. I look horrible. And... I walk in to this scene because um, the main character, who's uh, the son of the, the nephew of the two aunts, he's, um, he's getting married to the woman who lives across the street. So the entire play is this comedy about all the dead bodies rolling around and the main character trying to deal with his two aunts being murderers, his estranged brother who is also a murderer being home. Uh, his brother who has a mental illness where he thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. That's insanely funny. And him trying to also deal with this while keeping his fiance happy because they're trying to plan their wedding. It's hysterical. It is one of the funniest things. Mm-hmm. And the amount of things that went wrong with this play were insane because... We have a very shoddy set, and this set is kind of complicated. It requires a lot of windows that can be climbed in and out of. It requires a staircase that leads off stage. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of different um, tables and chairs that need to be moved around constantly. Giant chest that needs to fit a human body. Yep. So I remember I put together that set because in addition to being an understudy, I was head of stage and crew. I wasn't... I didn't get the title of stage manager, but I essentially was stage you manager. You were the stage manager. He'll say that, but out of technicality, I was not. Um, <laughs> a big thing I remember was one time we were doing the, uh, oh, what's it called? The dress rehearsals. Dress rehearsals. It was a second dress rehearsal, and I was backstage. I was doing curtains for that particular moment, and what was really funny was... <laughs> I was playing Tetris on my phone, but I forgot to turn my volume down. So suddenly the Tetris theme is blasting from backstage, and the director goes, What's going on? Oh, man. That was hysterical. Though, 
I must say, my favorite part of it is we didn't have professional prosthetics that, like, hooked on or did anything. We were using this... It was like what, a putty. It felt like earwax mixed with ground beef. It was horrible to have on my face. I knew there was going to be pimples everywhere. I was... I was... I hated it. I hated it. Plus, I had heavy makeup. So there was several scar makeups that were made of these prosthetics that were just putty stuck on my face Mm -hmm. and huge amounts of makeup. So my face is super sweaty. Now, one thing about acting is that stages are not usually well built for air. So it's extremely hot on these stages and putty melts. Ooh, the play took place in June. June? No, it was May. May. Either way, hot. It's it's a hot month. So, as I'm acting, I can feel these prosthetics that are very necessary for the character slowly peeling off my face. So whenever I have a chance, I'm just making hand gestures, like I'm stroking my chin, or I'm tapping my cheek, or I'm doing something, so that I can try to re-stick the stupid prosthetic on. And this entire play... I'm fighting with people, I'm fist fighting, I'm falling onto couches, I'm falling onto chairs. The prosthetic came flying off. Oh my god, <laughs> I get pushed in one scene. I'm fighting two cops, and I get pushed onto a couch. And the prosthetic just flies off of my face onto the table across the stage, which everyone saw, and I fell onto the couch, and the other three prosthetics fell into the couch. So, thankfully, I'm knocked out at this point, so I just angled my face into the couch so nobody could see me. But once the scene was over, I was rushed back down to the cafeteria where all the makeup and costume people were. Oh, my gosh. And there's, like, eight people running around trying to create new prosthetics so that we don't have to dig the dirty ones out of the couch. It was fantastic. That was a stressful play for me, though, because I really wanted it to go well, and because I took all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff into my hands, the I basically had to calm down the director every time she had a fit. Well, that was stressful. Though, do you remember, there was another thing of something falling off the wall. Because the person who was playing the... The, uh, the insane brother the insane who thought brother. he was Teddy Roosevelt. His thing is he charges up the stairs. Oh, I remember that. Charge! <laughs> he stands at the bottom of the stairs and he yells, <laughs> charge, and then runs up the stairs. Oh, what's the historical reference? Uh, uh, Battle of Waterloo, I think. No, that no, doesn't sound right. Because that happened in France with Napoleon. <laughs> That's correct. I have no clue. I don't know history. Uh, um, something, I don't remember. Something Hill. Um, not Bunker Hill. I know that. San Juan Hill. That's it. San Juan San Hill. San Juan Hill. And anyway, so along this wall next to the staircase were all the family pictures that they had put up. <laughs> As we said, shoddy stage building. So he's standing there at the bottom of the stairs. He yells charge and then runs up the stairs at full sprint. And, he and was, the whole set is shaking because of it. He's not a small man, but like four of the pictures fell off the wall and he got hit with one of them. And then he just kept going. And this was the second year in a row that some things were falling <laughs> off the wall. So we invested in command strips, which we are not sponsored by. But if you want to, just give us a call. But, um, wink, 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 wink. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was fun. That so, was that play, the third uh, year. Oh, little little woman. woman, the play oh. that nobody wanted. Little woman. <laughs> okay, so the me millennial loft and two other people were all 
a group. We've been friends since we all met. Uh, eighth grade? Eighth grade, yeah. And we did everything together. We were in almost every single play together. Mm-hmm. And Little Woman was like the last straw for several of them. It was 10th grade, and we wanted to do something like a murder mystery. This was the first year we asked to do Sherlock Holmes. Uh, <laughs> we didn't get Sherlock Holmes. That would never get done. Kept. Get kept, done. Get done. Whatever. English. Yeah. Anyways, so she, the the director who is the head of the drama department for all the years I was in the play, she started the same year as I did, so I liked to joke that I had as much power in this as she did. <laughs> she didn't like that, though. Um, I'm pretty sure she didn't like me. You had but... more power than she did. <laughs> well, okay. But anyways, so she announced that the cast was doing Little Woman. And everyone was angry because we had trouble enough getting women to try out for the plays in the first place. Because there was the four of us and like two males in the older two grades that always did the play. So Mm -hmm. she never needed more guys. Well, except for the first year, but that's a different story entirely. And this play has a notoriously large amount of women because it's called Little Women. Duh. So she managed to scrape together the enough amount enough of females. to get it done. And she needed two guys, or two or three, but one of them was just a voiceover part. So me and the, one of the other pers- people in the group, um, we tried out and obviously got the parts because nobody else tried out except for Chris. Poor Chris. There, there's a kid who has tried out for every single play over the past two years, the only reason he's gotten a part is out of sheer desperation. Yeah. But anyways, um, so we went into the play. He played the main male role, Laurie, and I played the grandfather. And this play was doomed from the start because we weren't using a pre-written script. Oh, I completely forgot about it. The director rewrote the play. She decided she didn't find any she liked, so instead of changing the play or just settling for a script, she decided to write it herself, which she's a very talented writer. She's very good at this. But we didn't have a finalized script until the week before the play was set to go live. So we had every single week new scenes to memorize, old scenes to rememorize, and it was not a short play. This thing was... Four and a half hours. And by long. sheer dumb luck, we managed to pull it off, and we gave her no credit for the it. The lead actress, uh, Becca, she is the most talented actress I've ever met. She memorized over 500 lines. And these were not short lines. This is Little Woman, and it's written like it takes place in Victorian era. Uh, not Victorian era. Does it count Victorian if it's not in English? I think it, no, it was, um, it was just 1800s uh, Massachusetts. But yeah, I was, so it's more like is, Civil War era. Yeah, but it's like, I was saying it is Victorian era technically, because Queen Victoria was queen, but can you count it as Victorian if you're not in England? I wouldn't say so, because Victorian typically has to do with a lifestyle, not an age. I guess that's fair. Eh, it's up for debate. It's up for debate. Don't, don't, don't fight me on that one. Don't fight me on that one. So, it was a super long play, and every single night was super stressful because there were so many things that had to go right. Plus, for the first time, we decided to have a fully done soundtrack 
Ugh. We took the soundtrack from the movie and we're playing it over the different scenes. Mm. So we had a person who had never been in a play, never done anything for a play, running a laptop in the back with the music on an Apple, uh, Apple it's a, iTunes it's a, player. It's a, no, it was a Mac. No, I'm saying it's on an iTunes. Oh, account, was it? Was it? I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, plus there was all the sound effects on there because there's a scene where somebody falls through the ice. Yep. There's a bunch of like fire sound effects because there's a crackling fire. Long story short, the sound of that night did not go off. No, it did not. It was, it was a successful play because we managed to get all the lines right for a four and a half hour play, if I remember correctly. Although I cannot help but remember anything but being mad at the staging crew. Now, the staging crew has never been a big thing. It's usually typically three or four people at most. And I had two other people working with me. And I also had a part. And I did everything. Yeah. we. This play wouldn't have been done without you because he was doing most of the props, which, if you don't know, the prop manager behind stage keeps track of all the different items that are used by the characters on stage. Meaning he has to... Actors are notoriously lazy. I know this because I was the lead actor in several plays. And I know when I was backstage, I was either looking over my lines or sitting doing nothing. I could care less what the prop people were supposed to be doing because they just had to hand me my props. So the prop manager has to keep track of 30 to 40 items, which scene they're supposed to be used in, when they're handed to the different actors, when they have to put it back so that we can use it for the next performance. Mm -hmm. It's a nightmare. And he had all this memorized in his head. Plus, he was also doing curtains, if I remember correctly. I was doing curtains, lights... We don't have your typical dimmers. We don't have those. And it bothered the hell out of me because when I was doing the lights, I had to get a board, a wood board, and line it up with the switches and just shove it with the wood board. Because there's like 13 switches in a row and you can't turn all of them off with like a master switch mm -hmm. without turning all the lights in the auditorium off. So he was forced to have this wooden board across all the correct ones, which were marked, not really. There was, like, star nope. stickers I, next to some. I memorized them as well. Uh, and my favorite is one time I'm going out for my part. This is the last part I have. It's the second night of the play. And I trusted one of the actors, who wasn't going to be on for a very long time, to get the lights right. I told him, don't touch any of the stuff on the left, only the stuff on the right. <laughs> we finished the scene, and it's supposed to fade to black. But... The, they forgot to get one of the lights because they had turned on the left side. Now, I had trusted that they hadn't gotten the left side and I didn't check the left side. So the lights were on for all the blackout scenes for the rest of the play. Yeah. And that nearly killed me. Yeah, it, it was tough. But it was a good play. It was complicated, but we pulled it off somehow. I have no clue. Two weeks before the play went on and none of us had our lines memorized except for Becca. Mm -hmm. But um, what was the next play? Well, and then you can't take it with you, right? Yeah, you can't take it with you, which was the last live performance play. Now, I wasn't in this play because I had a job at this point and the job required that I did not do the play. Yeah. Uh, I did join in on some of the practices, help them do with like improv and memorizing lines, but I wasn't nearly as involved as Mr. Main Character here. Yeah. I played... The main character, and the story is about um, a family full of eccentric, eccentric people 
um, who basically do whatever they want. And the son, no, the daughter of that family is the only normal one. So, like, the grandfather just spends his days um, eating tomatoes and talking about nothing. Uh, the son plays the marimba thingy. The I thought. Oh no, sorry, I'm thinking the wrong thing. There's a, oh, there's a there's a son-in-law who joined right in with the family and decided to start making fireworks. Yeah, they make fireworks. Um, and then the wife writes horrible novels and plays, and takes care of cats. One of them does ballet and and makes candy. So they're all weird. And then the one daughter is completely normal and just works for, like, a law firm. And she falls in love with this son who completely loves the family but is sort of like the black sheep in his family because his parents are lawyers and whatever. And they are completely black tie strict. They don't do anything that would be considered out of the ordinary. So it's sort of like the clashing of the two families. But, yeah, anyways... So I played the grandfather who eats tomatoes, which was a pain because I had to eat tomatoes live on stage. And I don't know about anyone else, but tomatoes are meant for salads and sometimes sandwiches. Tomatoes are not meant to be eaten like just by themselves. And they're certainly not meant to be eaten whole like an apple. You know what? Um, next, next podcast that we got to do together, fast foods. Oh, man. That, okay. We'll save that for later, we'll but it's coming up. It's coming out soon. <laughs> Keep an eye out. But, oh man, this play went wrong in so many ways because Sean wasn't doing the lights for the first time ever. Nope, I was in the, I was in the audience watching the play because I had, well, you know, we're not going to go there. Um, <laughs> he had a life. Um, no, that's not it. Um, regardless... But anyways, so this play ended up going pretty wrong because we didn't have the proper lighting because people kept hitting the wrong lights or hitting the curtains at the wrong time. There's a scene where a bunch of fireworks go off and we're supposed to have a smoke machine go off. The smoke machine did not work. So we just had the sound effects of fireworks going off and people running around screaming and nothing happening. That scene is supposed to end with a blackout, but the blackout didn't happen because our lights were wrong. And people forgot their lines every single play. It it was funny, because it's a funny play, but, oh man, was it just a disaster. It was a joy to watch, but I understand the pain he goes through when he looks, at, looks back on this play and when it could have been so much better. It could have been. And then, unfortunately, our last year of high school was this year. This year. And while the play was scheduled to happen in March... It was scheduled to happen in March, but we had all bet on it being delayed till May because no one was showing up for practice. Every single year of the play, starting with ninth grade, we had asked the director if we could do Sherlock Holmes. We wanted to do Sherlock Holmes so badly because we thought... Or at least maybe a compromise of a murder mystery. Something something different. Uh, Because I am pretty egotistical and i thought i'd make a fantastic sherlock holmes that's 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 the most humble i've ever heard him be thank you but she had promised every single year next year we'll do sherlock holmes next year we'll do sherlock holmes so this year she announced the play and said it was going to be and then there were none which is not sherlock holmes 
I was furious, and the entire group threatened to um, blacklist, uh, boycott. boycott. That's the word. I'm like, blacklist. Black blackmail. Boycott. That's the word. Well, so we, we did threatened try to blackmail her, but. Oh, yeah, we did. But that didn't work. We tried to boycott the play, and that did not go over well because we decided we were going to do it because we were just bored. Mm-hmm. So we, d- we decided to do the play. Practices started out. We all got our characters. There's no detective in this play, so I was angry because that was the only thing I wanted to do. Sort of. Sort of, but not really, because you don't do much detective. The character that I was supposed to play was actually a detective, but he's not a good one. And he's undercover for, like, the first act. So, he's not even... And he's dead in the second, so... I know, he dies in the third, but... Uh, Anyways, that's fair. It, Regardless, we never got to put the play on, but I guess it can count as a blessing because I don't think we would have ever been able to pull it off. Yeah, because nobody was really trying. And none of the cast members were showing up to practice. So We had fun at the practices. Like I said, we, we, we got something out of it. Yep. Anyways. This is getting long. Yeah, this is getting <laughs> long, so we're going to end it here. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Daily Obsession. I'm Jim the Fish. I'm Millennial Loft. And good night.